Uh, hey, welcome to our podcast. Um, Great intro. If you guys don't know what this is, this is not just any book club. Uh, where each month we talk about um, a specific topic or genre or author, uh, and we all select different books within that within that genre written by that author, and we talk we just talk about them without giving away any spoilers. Um, this month we decided to do something for Black History Month, and we all voted on which uh, era of literature to do, um, and so we decided to do uh, black. Uh, books written by black authors during the civil rights movement, during the civil rights era. And so I think most people know what the civil rights era is. Um, but in case you don't, in the United States at least, it was uh, an era in which a lot of different groups um, fought for their rights. The African Americans, it's my understanding that it was mostly them fighting for, uh, fighting against segregation. Um, not fighting. Fighting is a strong <laughs> word there. Well, yeah. Well, Malcolm X was fighting. It was. It was. That that leads me to the next thing. I guess it was filled by a lot of strong African American figures. Uh, everybody knows Rosa Parks. Everybody knows Martin Luther King. A lot of people have heard of Malcolm X. Um, a lot of strong African American figures leading the charge. Uh, Rosa Parks and and Martin Luther King are, are icons. Well, I got for, you the slow. For, <laughs> sorry, sorry about my roommate. <laughs> Martin Martin Luther King and Rosa Parks are icons for um, the pacific peaceful protest. Basically, um, Malcolm X is an icon for people who don't want to do peaceful protesting. Uh, but there were other movements in the in the civil rights era as well, uh, the Chicano movement, the American Indian movement. Um, I believe the Stonewall. Stonewall was during this time, I think. Maybe it was later. Um, but there was still. I do. I do remember there was for sure a movement for LGBT rights during this era. Yeah. Even if Stonewall wasn't specifically during this time, though I think it was. Um, and yeah, that's oh. that's basically what the civil rights era was. Uh, there was plenty of uh, also African American authors during this era. It's a little bit harder to find, and I think that's really why we have um, a Black History Month is for representation of different of different fields and, and genres, such as literature like this. But there were different um, there were plenty of different authors. Uh, one. Should we introduce ourselves? Yeah, well, let's 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 do that. <laughs> well, next. We'll, well, Pierce tries to find I um, just, some information. Yeah. Okay. Hi, my name is Justin, and I read March by John. Who's what's the author? I should have John Lewis, who is also incidentally a congressman, House Representative for uh, Georgia's fifth district. And yeah. That's, the, that's, that's why you're Okay, um, my name is Stella, and I read Native Son by Richard Wright. Short and sweet. All right, my name and is... And she read it all in one day. <laughs> what are you so scared? Well, did, did you read it all in one day, Bella? I thought you just read most of it. Yeah. Oh, all no, of it in one day. I, yeah. Okay. I, like, definitely left it till the last night. That's, but... that's commitment. That's commitment. <laughs> I feel that. Okay. Uh, my name is Pierce, and I read... Uh, a Raisin in the Sun by 
a Lorraine Hansberry. 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 That's how you say it. Um, but yeah, so th- those are those are some authors from the time. Uh, Ralph Ellison, Bella Red from Richard Wright. Um, I believe another playwright like Lorraine Hansberry is Amiri Baraka. Or I don't. I don't. There's also James Baldwin. If he I was a prolific um, author yes. and um, playwright. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, so the, I don't. I just don't feel like there's a ton to there's a there's a super lot to talk about with the civil rights era. Most people kind of know what it is. I, th- there's a lot to talk about, but I just mean to inform people. A lot of people know what it is. Um, yeah. And it, it was a it was a big deal. And kind yeah, of a big deal. Kind kind of a big deal. Um, so I guess we'll we'll get right into it. Maybe we'll hopefully. I I don't, I don't want to talk too much about the themes in every episode before we start. Hopefully we'll get into you know some parts of the civil rights movement and era as we talk about our books. Hopefully so, I won't uh, spend thirty minutes talking about the author biography again. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. If you guys don't follow the Twitter, you should because um, I, I, I made so many memes about my. Uh, I can't even listen to the first episode because of uh, how many how much time did I dedicate to talking about Novikov instead of the book? So well, let's try not to repeat that mistake again. That's my case. That's okay. Um, but if anyone wants to volunteer to go first, <clears throat> they can. Uh, I would also be willing to if no one else wants to. I'll go first. Let's go. All right. So I, um, a little bit of a caveat. I read most of March. Uh, it's, I read, it's a three volume graphic novel series and I read two thirds of it. And the reason why I read two thirds of it was because I read the first book yesterday and the second book this morning, um, this morning. And then once I realized the third book was 260 pages, I couldn't do it. I had bio to study for. So <laughs> I, I, I had just priorities and I was like, I can't do it. So, um, all right, I'm just gonna, all right. So, basically, um, it is a it's a memoir of um John John James Lewis um his experience in um in participating in the civil rights movement. He was a um a black man from I forgot what state he was from. Um, <clears throat> but um at the beginning of the book, it shows him like that he was very empathetic. He grew up on a farm and um he was very empathetic towards the chickens the chickens um he even gave them names he was able to tell them apart so he puts himself as a fatherly figure but eventually the reality of the situation growing up in the south during the um jim crow era like starts to really dawn on him as like he gets taken to um one of the um by his uncle he gets taken to the city and he realizes that he's not living the same life that he is living in the south he's able to eat at a restaurant and not get yelled at and for the color of his skin he was able to walk freely he saw that blacks and whites were living together and are living amongst each other and uh when he comes back to the south he realizes that this should not be it so he dedicates the rest of his life towards um towards trying to achieve civil rights um and participating in the movement um i recall him getting involved with um one of the civil rights leaders it wasn't um it wasn't Martin Luther King, but he does come up later in the story. Um, I forgot what his name was, um, but <clears throat> eventually um, he participates in stuff like the Freedom Freedom Rides. He participates in the sit-ins, 
And um, I'm not gonna, it's basically, it does tell a lot about the civil rights era. And that's, that is one of my criticisms of the book where it kind of takes a back, back seat in the narrative and rather just tells the, um, rather just tells almost like a retelling of history. Um, it doesn't distort facts, obviously, but it tells them well. Um, it is able to use the artwork very effectively. Um, it's, it doesn't shy away from the violence that happens, and it is willing to go the extra mile. And it, I know that it uses a lot of racial slurs and uh, shows a lot of the violence that happens between the, um, the black people and the white people who oppose them. And some of them was really disproportionate because um, in book two, um, there's a point where, um, this is all true, they, where they attack black children um, who are participating in nonviolent protest. Um, like these were like school children. They, they marched in a line and um, the police were ready to attack them. And I forgot who the mayor was, um, but he did eventually attack them. He put fire hoses and dogs um, attacking them. It was brutal to look at and read. Um, even I was kind of shocked by it um, because the art was very, I forgot who the illustrator was, but it was very effective in the way um, it just showed blood or it was intense. Um, and, but it does show um, like how brave these men and women were like some of them knew that they were about to die some of them knew that they would not be um they were foregoing a lot of the opportunities they would have had some of them were harvard men um fisk university um graduates and um i mean power to them for actually um giving up and like their future or something like that to make sure that civil rights was established and i, I could go into the strategies of how they were able to um participate in nonviolence. Um, one of them was like um they go they um they would participate with the sit-ins. Um they wanted to um test it out first. So they would go to a restaurant and then they would buy stuff, but like they were not allowed to sit at the counter and when they were they were told to leave. So eventually they would and they would do it again and again. And then they would sit at the counter and start eating um and start demanding to be served and then when they were told not to um they sat down and then um almost disproportionately um white men and white women would like physically attack them, like throw milk on them to make them white and like call them slurs. It was intense. They would throw them on the ground and actually start beating them, which I was surprised that actually happened because why would you do that? That's kind of not a very nice thing to do, but they did that anyway. Um, and I was really surprised how much they stuck to the ground because um, after this, they would be thrown into jail and um, bail was $100, which I don't know how much that inflation like screwed that up. But eventually it was dropped down to $5, and they still stayed in there for like 60, 60 days or something like that. So it really does show like how brave they were. The, the Freedom Riders segment especially, um, how like one of the men was beaten um, very severely, had like a um, stroke, um, was paralyzed from the waist down, or I think became paraplegic. I wasn't sure. But again... It was very scary to read, and I really enjoyed it. Um, I will be reading the last book in the trilogy because the two books I've read so far are very good. They're very, very faithful to um, what happened in history. They don't try to distort anything in favor. They do address the flaws of some people, and um, they, even um, Jane, John Robert Lewis, who um, is the quote-unquote protagonist of the book, um, he does, like I said, take a kind of a backseat. Um, he... Um, <clears throat> What is it trying to say? 
he's had his own controversies. Um, he was one of the big six leaders of the group on the March in Washington. But I, I do respect the man um, and for his bravery during the civil rights era. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything else to add besides uh, me saying that. It was a pretty solid book. I recommend it. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's good. Um, that's what we really shoot for overall is just finding enjoyable books. Yeah, I would not have read this if it wasn't for the theme this month. So, yeah. there we go. That's what book all about. I, I mean, it's it's basically the the same for my book. I probably wouldn't have read it for at least a while, if not for or my play. I probably would not have read it for at least a little while, if not for this month. Mm. Um, which I guess is a good transition for me to start talking about it. You know why it's called The Rays of the Sun? Um, I know it's from... I should have looked this up. Exactly <laughs> what it is. But I know it's from the Harlem, the poem from Langston Hughes. Yeah. Like, what happens to a dream deferred? It does it dry up like a raisin in the sun? I know that line, yeah. but I don't okay. know exactly. And I, you know, I guess... Thematic relevance. Right, I, mean, I, can, yeah, I, can, I, mean, I can relate it to the to the events of the book, but it's, it, yeah, it's just, I haven't really dug into exactly what it yeah, means. Sure. Um, but I will say, um, I, I guess I'll talk a little bit about, about the play itself first. Uh, it was the first... I believe a fully African American play, like all of the actors were yeah. African American, to go on Broadway, yeah. uh, which is a huge milestone, especially during the time. Right, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, and it's it's written in a really interesting way. While I was reading yeah. it, like the action my, lines. Yeah, exactly. All of my all of my pre well, I think most of my previous experience. I'm not going to say all. Most of my previous experience with reading plays is Shakespeare, and Shakespeare is very much like this person does this, this person does that, and then the yeah. the speech is very eloquent and beautiful. In this, it felt like I could really get a picture of what everyone was doing and how everyone was acting at all times, which it's I almost a novel within itself. Right, exactly. I don't yeah. I don't feel like that's a that's a that that's not the experience that I've had with plays. So it's you know if you're a fan of plays or a fan of literature, I feel like this this is something to give a try at the very least, um, without even hearing me talk about it. Um, but for the the work itself, uh, it's about a African American family living on the south side of Chicago. Um, it's a an older woman, uh, her son and his wife and their child. And I believe her da- her daughter also lives there. So the her two children, the son's wife and his child. Um, so it's like three generations of this family, uh, all living in the same home. Um, if I'm not mistaken, maybe I'm mistaken. I don't no, know. no, you're right. Three no, I'm right. Okay, cool. Um, and so the they're about to come into a lot of money they're about to inherit a lot of money or at least the the mother is the grandmother um and they all have these these dreams of what they want to do with it um and you can see it all even start right at the beginning they're all worried about what this money is going to go to um the the mama she doesn't want anyone to worry about the money um Benita, I believe is how you say it. She wants to use it uh, for 
to become a, to try and become a doctor. Um, mm-hmm. Ruth, I believe, wants to. I, I I think she just wants to use it to live, um, if if nothing else. Uh, and Walter, the the son, he wants to use it to invest in a liquor store that one of his buddies has been telling him to invest in, um, so that he can try and you know do better for his family and make something of himself and and really own something um and the story is really about like what happens to this money these people's wishes and dreams they all they all they all want to do something and they all want to live seemingly a lot of them want to do something with the money that equates to living the american dream is what i took from it um the mother ends up putting it putting part of it towards a payment on a house uh, for like a new home for them in a, in a white neighborhood. Yeah. Um, the, the daughter obviously wants to use it to better herself, to become a doctor, to, like I said, living that American dream. Um, the son wants to put it towards becoming a small business owner. Um, and, you know, so they, they all want to do something with this money uh, in order to live this American dream that they've really been kind of shut out of up to this point, living the the lives that they have, being born who they have been born as, and and living where they've been forced to live, uh, and I I really the reason that I'm being so like, um, kind of kind of talking outside of the story is because I really don't want to talk too much about it. I said this before the before we started recording. It's something. I feel like me talking about what happens to these to these goals and these dreams that they have really is kind of spoiling it in itself because the whole point of the story is what what happens to these people and and how do they um, how do they go about their lives uh, from this from the point where they where they're about to get this money until mm-hmm. they um, until what you know what happens happens in their lives. Uh, I, I will say this: the characters are written very well. Um, you really do care about what happens to the characters, and the events of the story are believable because they're they're real. Like yeah. they, things like that really happened. Um, I, I said that she I said that she put a, a payment down on a house in a white neighborhood. Someone like the head of the neighborhood came by and tried to pay them to stay out of the neighborhood. Like something, something like some things like that happened. Um, yeah. So it, it's, talk, sorry. No, I mean like you could talk about the character dynamics because the family is not the most functional family. Yeah. Um, the Walter is the he's the son of of Mama. He's in the like middle generation. He seems to want to give his son the world, um, and he he. You can see it from right in the beginning, um, where the son is asking his mom Ruth for some money uh, because he needs it for something in in class in his school, and um, she's like, "No, we don't. We don't have fifty cents. We don't have fifty cents for that." Um, and the father comes out, and he and he the son asks his dad, like kids do. He's like, hey, can I can I have fifty cents? I need it for for school, and he 
gives him the 50 he, the mom's like no we don't have it and the dad just takes it out of his pocket and gives it to him and then staring right at the mother he pulls 50 more cents out of his pocket and he's like hey take a cab to school um while you're at it he, he seems to really like want to give the mm. best to his son give the world to his son um all of the kids all of the not the kids, but the, the adults, the middle generation, are all worried about what is going to be done with the money from the very beginning. And outside of doing it, like putting the payment for the house, the mother is not that worried. Mama, she's not that worried about the money. She's She wants them to just be happy and be together. And that's her reasoning for putting it down on the house is because she just wants them to be happy and be together and not, not fight about what they're going to do with the money. Um... But yeah, yeah, no, I, and the, uh, the daughter, um, Benita, I, I still don't know if I'm saying that right, um, she is kind of this, this feminist symbol, um, she's not really that worried about, you know, having a family of her own, and, and she's worried about bettering herself, becoming a doctor, um, I believe she does have love interests, um, yeah, there, she had a boyfriend. She had a boyfriend right? who she broke up with, and then she gets um, proposed to. Um, and so, yeah, there, there's stuff that goes on with that. Again, I don't really want to get too much into that. The only thing but, I remember about that boyfriend was just, like, him saying goodbye Prometheus. <laughs> yeah, just, like, <laughs> randomly. Yeah, yeah, it was like, yeah. It, it just... It like it, it fits in the way that it's like a play and it's it's symbolic, but it doesn't fit yeah. because it's not how people speak. Um, no, the it's um. I'm not I know sure. it's a way to like establish that he's very astute and right. very knowledgeable. I I don't know. I, I that's the one line that I always take away from that because like when I read that to myself because I read this book in high school, um, mm-hmm. I was like, why would anybody say that? And then I did Prometheus. Um, uh, okay, this is completely off topic. Um, Prometheus was the Greek deity that stole fire um, he was from a, the gods. He was a titan. A human. He was a titan. A titan, yeah. yeah. And he gave it to the humans, and he was punished. Um, and punished how? I forgot. Uh, he Zeus tied to a cliff, and an eagle or hawk or something ate his. It was a, it his yeah, vulture. there you go. It was a vulture. A vulture came and ate his a insides, vulture. and then Zeus uh, made it so that every time his insides were eaten. He gets to uh, be, he gets all of it back, and then another vulture comes. Or I think it's the same vulture, and eats his insides all over again. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really don't. I don't want to talk too much about the characters because it, it is. A, it's a very quick read. Um, so quick that he didn't finish it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I okay. I got beyond the third act, the start of the third act. And there's th- there's three acts in the play, so yeah. I almost finished it. I'm not allowed <laughs> to talk about the ending anyway, so yeah. Well, I'll say this: you'll really like the ending. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, probably gonna I, finish it like tonight. This is right after. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, uh, I don't watch the movie because uh, okay, don't watch the movie with John Stamos in it because it's. I, I watched that in class, right? Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that John Stamos was in it. And when he came in, that was like the biggest surprise. I was like, he, his, <laughs> the way that um, his character is introduced is like he walks through the door and like you see his face first. I'm like, John Stamos was in that movie. And um, yeah, maybe changed a lot from the 
the source material. Um, for example, it doesn't take place in one location. They move scenes outside, so it just feel like a play. But mm-hmm. it's it's not that oh good. I I will say, um, I do just want to say to to kind of finish up on this work that um, it's an excellent read. It it teaches you like I I think a lot of plays aren't that good to read, even though they're good to watch. Mm. Um, this one is an excellent read. Um, it teaches you about the time. Um, it has uh, engrossing characters. Like, you really care about yeah. the characters. Um, and they really do feel like real people, even on the pages, which I feel like is, is very hard to achieve um, in a play format. Mm. Um and yeah, I, I'm not. I don't. I don't really want to get too much into it because it is a pretty short work. And if you, um, you know, I feel. I just feel like if I get too much into it, give too much away. It's there's kind of no point in reading it. Um, <laughs> like just to be straight up, like that, because it's just the whole point is what is what happens to these characters. And if I just give that away. It's it's uh, kind of giving away the the whole point of the book, the whole point of reading it. So yeah, that that's why this club is like that. We don't spoil. Yeah, or we try not to. All right, now it's your turn, Bella. Yeah, so sort of similar to my book, like or I mean to Pierce's book. Uh, mine was also set in Chicago, which I thought was like really interesting, just because you know stereotypically I feel like whenever you consider like civil rights movements and that such um it's more considered like the south is like so dangerous and like people sort of assume that like the north doesn't have as much like racial tension mm-hmm. like especially in like specifically like emmett till do you guys know who he is yeah yeah of yeah course. so like the whole point or one of the main reasons that he didn't really know to be apprehensive in the south was because he was like oh i'm from chicago and at the time he was like it's not you know as segregated as the south so i feel like there's sort of like this assumption that like the north was so perfect and everything so i don't know i just thought it was really interesting that the author chose to set this book there um because it's definitely like not great (laughs) there um and it's basically about this guy and his name is bigger i didn't call him by his first initial (laughs) Or not? I'll look up this book too. What is it? Um, what happened? <laughs> um, did Bell's internet die? <laughs> did it? it? Oh no! It, it may have. That would be a, a real shame. Oh no! If you <laughs> well. Uh, mm. Um. Well, this um, this is the first time. Okay, wait, is my audio working now? Yes. Oh, it's way better. <laughs> okay, okay, cool. Sorry. Better than ever. <laughs> no, my, my sucks, and so it kind of just cut out, um, which is really fun. Um, but yeah. Anyways, what was the last thing you heard me say? Because I don't want to be like super repetitive. Chicago. Um, it was really interesting that he said it there. Okay. So yeah. Um, basically. Yeah, it's about this guy, and his name is Bigger Thomas, and he's this African-American in Chicago, 
and he um in chicago it basically the book opens um, with him and he's lives in the south side in this one apartment with like his whole family and um he sort of hates his life and hates it there because he doesn't feel that he has any control over it and he doesn't think that he can really um aspire to anything other than um what those around him are which is low-wage laborers um and his mom like begins pestering him about taking up a job with this rich white man who um his name is mr dalton and i believe his mom like works for his company um and so she's like trying to get bigger to take up a job there um because as of this point he doesn't have one and he doesn't really have direction um so instead of like doing that he's like no i'm not gonna do that instead i'm gonna go rob a store with my friends so he meets up with a bunch of his friends and they plan to rob the store of a white man which is like really something new for them because they've robbed like plenty of other black men's stores but they've never robbed a white person before so it's sort of like bigger is very scared but also he sort of takes out that fear um and manifests it through like anger and throws it back on those around him so he won't admit that he's scared so instead he decides to um like accuse one of his other friends of being scared and then like beats him and like threatens to kill him and almost does um and so they like call off the robbery and bigger's like okay maybe i will go to be like try out for this job which is the job of a chauffeur um and as he's like one of the main characteristics of bigger and i believe like right was sort of trying to represent that of most of the black community at the time was that um like bigger he doesn't he's not able to like individuate white people like he can only see them as a oppressive force he cannot see them as individual people Mm. and as you sort of see like the um Oh no, here we go yes. again. <laughs> Dude, I was, I was really interested. Yeah, like, honestly. That book was really interesting. Good. Like, no, like, no, did you cut off? She keeps cutting off at like the interesting points where, where yeah, we're, that like, was, that was we're like hanging on to the next word and then she no, just yeah. like cuts out. No, okay, well, I'm really enjoying the book so far. Well, the description, because it sounds really good. Like, invested. It's like a mix of Malcolm X's philosophy. And then, um, yeah. Oh no! <laughs> what did I do? Oh, uh, howdy. She's back. Okay, I feel like I'm on a Verizon commercial or something. But like, can can you hear me? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Sorry. Wait. What was the last thing I said? Um, something about not individual, um, not being able to see white people as individuals. Oh yeah. So he basically is only able to view them as this oppressive force. Um. As, you know, he hasn't really had any interaction with white people, only on, like, films and such. And so he, you know, all of his problems in life, he believes, like, stem from the fact that he doesn't have any opportunity, which is, like, true. But, um, so he goes to this job interview, and Mr. Dalton, like I said, he's the rich white guy, and he owns the company that Bigger's mom works for. But, 
um, he also owns all the apartment buildings in, like, the south side of Chicago. So he um, basically uh, not robs. He charges and overappreciates the value of these apartments in the south side um, where the black tenants live. And um, there's, like, artificially high rents. And he in order to sort of uh, cope with that guilt or, you know, justify himself, he hires, you know, African-American boys um, because he thinks that that alleviates his guilt and, like, he's actually a good person, even though he's literally, like, charging all these people uh, astronomically high rent for no reason and overpopulating places and just generally like decreasing their life uh mm-hmm. living situations um so he's like not a great guy but he decides to hire bigger because as i said it's sort of like his charity act and his wife mrs dalton um is blind which is sort of like representative of like his family or their family as a whole so she's like physically blind but also like the dalton family and sort of like representative white people in general at the time Mm. um are blind to like the actual situation of african-americans and are unable to sort of like bigger is unable to see white people as anything under other than an oppressive force the dalton family and like white people are unable to see black people as anything other than like a group like they are not able to see them as individual people which sort of prevents them from you know connecting and treating them humanely um so there's that and then the daughter of mr dalton is basically the one that bigger is going to be chauffeuring sort of the whole family but she's basically the only one that goes anywhere and so bigger um meets her and her name is mary And she makes Bigger drive him or drive her to meet her communist boyfriend. So it sort of brings in like political elements, which damn. Yeah, the Dalton family (laughs) is not a fan of communists. So Mary, like, they hate her boyfriend. And she has like secret plans to like leave college and become a communist. So there's like a huge tension there. But um, so Bigger takes them out and Mary's like the only person really in his life who shows him like respect and she sort of like she shakes his hand she looks him in the eyes when she talks to him like she has him call her by her first name and the same thing with her boyfriend his name is jan he they sort of like treat him humanely and instead of like this relieving him it makes bigger like angrier because he sort of has the sense that they're mocking him um he doesn't really understand how to like cope with it and Mary and Jan, they ask him, they like go out and they eat dinner with him and they like order drinks with him and they're talking with him all sitting at the same table, which is like super taboo at the time at the time. Mm-hmm. But they're eating in the south side, sort of by where Bigger lives, because that's where Mary wanted to go. So um, it, it's basically their way of like trying to prove that they're racially tolerant and like progressive. Um so by the end of the night, like, Bigger's a bit more comfortable around them, but he's still really apprehensive of this, like, relationship that he has with Mary because, you know, it's so taboo for them to even be 
talking the way they are. Um, So Bigger drives them home. And by the time they get home, Mary's like super drunk. And so Bigger tries to help her up the stairs, like to her room. Um, And okay, this isn't a spoiler. This all happens in like the very first part of the book. But they start like making out and then Mary's mom walks in but she's blind um but then bigger's like super scared that um, mary's gonna like say something so he puts a pill over her head and smothers her to death no yeah yeah it's like (laughs) i was not expecting that it's yeah a lot but um yeah so he's super like freaked out he like doesn't know what to do um and her mom has like no idea that she's even dead she thinks she's just sleeping because she's like blind um and so bigger's like trying to think of like how he's gonna deal with this situation like what is he gonna do and he sort of like feels this confusion but at the same time to him this is like the first time in his life that he's really relieved in a way um because he finally it's really strange how they paint him out to be but he um feels that this is like he has clarity in life um, and so he, Mary was going to leave on a trip the next day with her boyfriend. And so, uh, Bigger, like, puts her in the trunk that he was going to bring to the airport. And, um, uh, he, like, takes her down the stairs and then decides to throw her body in the furnace. Um, oh to my try and burn it, God. cover it up. <laughs> um. But, like, her head won't fit in, so kind of oh here. But he, like, beheads her and then, like, oh steps in her furnace. And it's, like, so, like, this part, like, um, Wright, like, just wrote it so, like, gruesomely. And he sort of did that on purpose. He wanted to make Bigger seem not, like, the typical, like, protagonist hero type character. Like, honestly, I was sort of, like, not voting like for him like i wasn't really rooting for him well so it's um, like um it's like uh like, like an anti-hero no it's or? like in it's yeah. like in ulysses oh james oh. <laughs> bring that back james joyce he 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 threw out a lot of flaws that uh his protagonists had and you had to kind of accept them for who for who they were fully human not this idealized uh protagonist flaws. basically flaws mm-hmm. but Flaws, but like really extreme flaws. flaws yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah but like the way or the reason why he does it is really because he wants people reading it to see that like by the end a bunch of more stuff happens but i don't want to like spoil it and it's no, no please very, it's, yeah, so it's really good <laughs> I, I added this. I just, okay, while you're talking, I just added that book into my Amazon wish list. Might be ordering it. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was intense. I was like, I was leaning forward while you were. <laughs> I I do think it's it's interesting that it sounds to me like we kind of read three different levels of books. So I think yeah. I think that that's actually probably very good. Um, yeah. Civil rights. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Did you hear? Okay. So the reason why I've actually been apprehensive to read this book, not because of its size or its content, because I didn't know what this book was about. Um, have you heard about James Baldwin's response to this book? Yes. Oh my gosh, I wanted to read that. Like, I was so upset that I waited till the last minute just because I wanted to read his response before, like, <clears throat> the book club. But 
that just was yeah. not happening. So yeah, okay, okay. I've re- I read a bit about the feud. I know that James Baldwin and Richard Richard Wright were like really good friends. I think they were like roommates at one time, mm-hmm. and then, and they're both prolific authors, especially James Baldwin. I think who's a little bit more famous. But then he wrote that response um, to Native Son, and um, he I think he ba- I, I know that he bashed the book and it like ended their friendship, and they were never able to recover. And apparently. I, I, I always assumed that Native Son was like bad book because I don't know because James Baldwin's just like so prolific and so respected in the literary community, mm-hmm. um, and I thought because like, like it, that that essay was uh, like in a, in a collection, so um, I was assumed that Native Son was just really bad. But <laughs> no, what am I yeah. talking about? I didn't read the book, so. Yeah, I feel like the plot is really interesting and, like, intriguing and, like, the overall themes and the entire point of the novel, I think, is even applicable to today. But um, I I believe that some of Baldwin's points were, like, about character development. It, correct me if I'm wrong. I yeah. believe I saw something about that. But I think that, like, the actual writing style of the book is not anything similar to james baldwin like it's not very yeah okay prolific it's very like straightforward and um even though there's a lot of like underlying themes and like symbolism and things um it's not uh i wouldn't say it's beautifully written it's not like very prosaic because yeah. okay, i've read james baldwin before um the way that he writes is very prosaic um like there each sentence is very packed and full of like very flowery flowery words um and they go on for a very long time. Uh, they go on for very long. Uh, it's not like a run-on sentence, but like there's a certain rhythm and cadence to like every single word. Um, sometimes he sacrifices the real grammar for it, um, for the beauty of the prose to actually take effect. But it seems to me like the way they're describing it is like how Hemingway writes, where it's very straight and to the point, very curt. Um, mm-hmm. I, but you know, Hemingway didn't use symbolism, um, so that's what Richard Wright is doing. I assumed. Yeah. And, like, Baldwin, I think one of the main problems, sort of, was that Baldwin, like, disagreed with Wright's, like, depiction of what it was like to be an African-American and their plight and such. Um, And he thought that uh, Wright was sort of, um, like, catering to a white audience and that he depicted black people in, like, a stereotypical way. And, um, that he especially hated the protagonist because, like I said, he does, the protagonist, like, does a lot of bad things. He's not someone who's, like, a good person. I don't want to say he's not a good person, but he does a lot of things that are not morally right. Do you, Um, would you say that he was Especially in regard to women. Pardon? Would you say that he was, like, put in a very morally ambiguous situation where, like, either option was, like, the wrong option? No, like, I feel like it, it was entirely his him. decision. Like, especially not the thing that I talked about earlier, but like he does another thing that's very much like he did not have to do that. He was not put into a situation where that was like, like he had no way out. Like he entirely like created that himself and chose to do these things. Especially like he shows a lot of like his violent acts towards women, um, and like women in his community besides mary and um he sort of manifests his anger towards white people and like funnels it into 
direct and directs it at um, people in his community. And I'd say like specifically women. And I think that's entirely of his own volition. But the point that Wright is trying to make is that it's not of his own volition. And it's because of the environment that he was raised in and the way that he was treated, like his humanity. He thinks that um, white people basically stripped black people of their humanity um but baldwin was like no native son strip black people of their humanity we're supposed to be affirming that we had humanity and he thinks that right to not predict uh like show it in the correct way um so yeah it's really interesting that is a way to end the podcast that was really well we did we we definitely did do the three levels of analysis for for the three levels of books that we've read. Um, <laughs> I was just like I was. Just, <laughs> I no, never mind. Don't, don't, just ignore what I was about to say. Um. Oh. Oh. oh completely dropped out. Okay. <laughs> she dropped out of the call. All right. Oh, oh no, she's back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I will just say before we wrap up, I didn't want to interrupt Bella's flow there. Uh, but Justin, I don't think it's entirely accurate that Hemingway didn't use symbolism. Are we going to talk about the old man in the sea? <laughs> no, I would. I, I, oh, okay, but, oh, yeah, I yeah, would, yeah, I yeah, would reference right. the, the the short, short story I literally yeah. showed you. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. Um, okay, well, Hemingway. I'm trying to. Try Hemingway. To... Hemingway was more curt and to the point, but he did use symbolism to get his point across. It was just he didn't use flowery language yeah. and, and an unnecessary symbolism, I guess, if that is a thing. Yeah, um, I, I... In his viewpoint. Attractive statement about that, but... Okay, well... Well, any, anyhow, uh, if anyone else has anything left to say... I'm just hoping for Jess to come back, but I don't know if she is. <laughs> She's listening in. Um, is she? Jess is our other friend. We didn't introduce her before. She's our other friend. She's in the call, just listening in. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's really interesting. I am gonna have to pick up some uh, native son. Yeah, some Richard Wright, James Baldwin books. I guess sounds um, really, really interesting. But um, unless anyone else have to, has anything left to say, no. Uh, I, I guess I can make a couple announcements and then we'll finish up. Satire 1, didn't it? Yeah, Satire 1. So next month we did we did our normal poll. It was between Satire, World War II, uh, fiction, and medieval literature, and Satire 1. So you can join us next month, um, last Saturday of the month, for a discussion on satire, whatever books we choose, and the probably we'll probably be discussing the differences between the three main types of satire. Um, I'm I'm very excited personally. I enjoy satire quite a bit. Um, and then I also wanted to before we finish up mention something about uh, in between the chapters, our our mid month podcast. Um, we've decided going forward that we're probably going to do it uh, across a um, multiple mediums, so movies, literature, um, not, musicals, not albums, right, musicals, albums, not just sticking to books for that, because the point of this book club was to help us branch out, and we think that if we did something with more more um, genres of, of, of culture, I guess you could call them, um, yeah. then it would help us branch out even more. Uh, this month, 
Uh, Justin and I are both going to be busy because it's around our spring break when we usually record them. So this month we're actually going to be posting a uh, an old discussion um, mm. from before we started decided this was going to be a podcast for sure. Uh, it's going to be our, our banned book month, the, the month Uh-oh. we did banned books. We're going to upload around March 15th or so. Um, and... Yeah, uh, I, I think that we're going to record an explanation for how we're going to pick the topics for the, in between the chapters going forward. Uh, that that information will be probably before uh, placed before the episode that month, or that uh, when that uh, that episode comes out, it'll it'll play like before the actual episode itself. Mm-hmm. So if you want more information for that, but don't care to listen to the rest of the podcast, you can do that. Um, but yeah, check it out middle of middle around the middle of march that'll go up probably around march 15th um yeah if anyone else, anything else, to add? Uh, else to add i was hoping that just would come back and give a surprise ending but that ain't happening um goodbye prometheus <laughs> yeah Th- uh thanks everyone for for watching if you're on youtube or twitch and thanks for listening uh if you're on any podcasting place and uh yeah, thanks for listening in. We'll see you next month. Come on. And then the intro music, or the outro music. <laughs>